Good evening and welcome to the first edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. How's everybody doing tonight or this morning or, yeah, or whenever you listen to it? Yeah, hopefully everybody's doing all right. Um, <laughs> we are brought to you tonight by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia, as always. Big thanks to Pale Fire for all their support throughout the season. We look forward to their continued support throughout the off season and as we move basketball season basketball, basketball season. season right off season yeah. football yeah basketball women's basketball season yes <laughs> and uh into the lacrosse and softball seasons as well um rob we made it we we uh as a fan unfortunately base, unfortunately yeah at this point i was hoping we wouldn't say this for another couple of weeks but such is life such is life um, but I was going to say, we, we have made it as a fan base. We, we are in full meltdown, everybody yelling at each other, 500 um, people tuning into Facebook Live to watch a press conference at 2 o'clock on a Monday afternoon. Um, burner accounts from... Burner accounts from potential... Uh, from, from potential um, candidates for this job tweeting at us and Bennett and like three or four other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very transparent that it's not just a random sports reporter but <laughs> that's big time that's the most fps thing we've done since since all the arrests under the mickey era. yeah that's right this is this is uh like multiple guys being arrested in carrier library yeah. here yeah. yeah um yeah so we are we are not going to be all gloom and doom tonight uh, right rob We're, we are here to we are going to break down the game uh the loss to colgate over the weekend we are going to look ahead to the uncertainty of the next couple weeks and, and the off season, but we're also going to try to be happy that we are Dukes as always. Um, and, and say some thanks to everybody who makes us proud to be a part of this <laughs> wild and crazy bunch. Right. Well, you know what, that, that would actually, the best way to start, yeah. uh, assuming people might just tune out or, or get sick of us is, uh, how about we just say thanks to all the seniors? Yeah. It, it was, it was tough to see them go out like that, but man, this was a class that, ranks up amongst my favorite uh, classes to, to root for yeah. for their entire career. Just an absolute joy to watch guys like Cardon, um, Trey Sharp, Jimmy Moreland, obviously, uh, Marcus Marshall, even though he's a transfer. I mean, just, you can go on and on. These guys were just great. Gave it all to the program. Had a ton of success. Were a part of, I don't think it's arguably, but the best run in JMU football history. Yeah, I think the last five years, it's, it's really, really hard to, to match that with any other five-year run in JMU history yeah. and the last three years in particular. Yeah. yeah. And, and just, and then the other things uh, we, we got to say, thank you to coach Houston. Uh, I think Absolutely. we can say thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an outstanding three years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time to move on. I, I don't, I don't think we need to have yet another tribute or any sort of pity party. The guy was a great coach. Mm-hmm. Um, happy to have him. Wish he was still here, but he's not. So let's just thank you coach. Good luck at ECU. And let's, let's keep moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll be rooting for him. But we are, uh, I, th- I think we are all through with the videos and the sad goodbyes and the fighting with each other. This, this is what yeah. happens in big time college sports. Like we said, I, I think it was pretty apparent from the way the fan base reacted over the last week. Now we're, we're getting close to being a big time college sports program. And oh, all the good and bad that goes with that. Yes. Um, so, Rob, just to finish out that senior class, I, I think that's our first down. For sure. Um, Tyler Gray, yeah. one of the probably two biggest kicks in JMU history, the kick up at the Fargo Dome a couple years ago. Uh, Robert Carter Jr., 
uh, overlooked special teams star. Nobody has ever enjoyed playing on special teams more than that young man. Uh, David Eldridge, one of you and your boys' favorite players. Yep. Also a transfer, but part of a run to Frisco along with Marcus Marshall. Um, Hunter Etheridge, one of the, you know, he was here for all five years, and he was the holder of the last few, and, and I think are arguably one of the truest representatives of, of what we all want JMU Nation to be. Uh, he, yeah. Yeah, the, the true student athlete, I think. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, a lot of guys, I, I know they had that feature on him, mm-hmm. and it was very well received, as it should have been. Mm-hmm. It was terrific. But Brian Chor was tweeting it out, being like, yes, that's what, that's what pushed me. It's Hunter. You know, those guys matter. Um, Big time. You don't need to have like a Rudy type story, some cheesy ending where you get in on the field. You know, a lot of times guys play four years and they don't see the field, and that doesn't mean they don't contribute. That's right. Um, anybody who's ever played a team sport will tell you a, a lot more goes into it than just game days. Yeah. And a guy like Hunter and the preparation, and he's he's kind of representative of a number of players. Mm-hmm. Um, Same thing goes for uh... scholarship guys. It's just it's they're it's terrific, and they're every bit as much a part of the program and the highs and. You know, they're champions just like the other guys. That's right. So. Grant Westbrook, another one of those mm-hmm. um, in the secondary and on special teams. He's been a part of a lot of good times. And, and lastly, Darius Carter, who, yeah. you know, was a big injection into the program the last two years and, and really thankful for his contributions. But, you know, look, the story that we've all seen with Trey is something I think we'll all remember. Carden Johnson being here for six years through all these coaches is, is something really special. And, and and for you and I, Rob, there's no I, Jimmy, there, there's nothing Jimmy. even close, yeah. right? We've never right. enjoyed watching a JMU student athlete more than Jimmy F. and Moreland the last yeah. five four of the last five years, and I think we've only enjoyed watching him more because he didn't play in the middle of that run and sat out a year and stayed in school, and it was it, it's just amazing to see a guy. I saw we probably both saw his comments on social media today saying it was the best decision he ever made to stay at JMU. Yeah. And we couldn't agree more. And I don't, I mean, both of us, I've, there's, you know, I think maybe Scotty McGee, but there's not a more exciting player we've ever watched where the minute he touched the ball, I put my hands up thinking we're going to score a touchdown. Yep. Yeah. So thank you to all the seniors. Um, you really have, you've, you've put JMU in a elevated the program in the same way that coach Houston, I think it's, Safe to say that I don't know that there's ever been a coach at JMU who, or, or a group of seniors that we could say without question they left the program in unfathomably better better shape than they found it. And, um, you know, that's, that's really amazing. And thank you all. So for second down, I think I will, if you're okay with it, Rob, I will switch gears. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we'll just get the negative out of the way from this week's game. Um, I wonder what this is going to yeah, be. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I thought I wrote a we – do, we didn't publicize. I did write a piece about the game yesterday. Um, we didn't publicize it a lot because obviously the coaching stuff is overshadowed, everything from the weekend. Um, I, th- I thought it was fair in being critical I, of the QB1 I, play. But I, unfortunately, I feel like, uh, yeah. anything short of what? I don't know. Like blaming I, I, him I, I, for for everything for like nine yeah. eleven and you know oh the deficit and it's just like he had a bad game a terrible game you, terrible game you and I stated that yep. we stated it throughout the game on Twitter mm-hmm. and no matter what we say people are like oh why do you guys always apologize like we're not going to string him up 
nope, that's not our style. Nope. Um, we've said that repeatedly, that we're not going to, you know, throw some student athlete or even a coach under the bus for, for good effort. That, that's not our role. I'm not going to pull, like, no. Mr. High and Mighty. We're going to support guys. Yeah. And it's, we're not going to do it from a standpoint of, like, total purple Kool-Aid or anything. I mean, we stated repeatedly, like, man, that's a rough pass. He wants that one back. And then the replies we get, oh, he's terrible. He's worried. It's just like, give it a rest. And then, and then I'll admit, like, I get to the point where I get defensive. When yeah. we get, yeah. when we have, there's one guy, I don't even know who it was. Right. He replied to every single tweet we sent yeah. out during the game just to say something about Danucci. And it mm-hmm. wasn't like, it wasn't subtle. And finally, look, dude, we freaking get it. Like, we've got yeah. better things. We're watching a game. I'm not going to just sit there and blast the kid nope. he's having a rough game he had a bad game you and i are i think bennett bennett's newsletter this morning was outstanding mm-hmm. if people haven't subscribed to that we'll send out the link but it gets better and better this was a great one where i, I think i mean you and i will say nooch had a bad game a terrible game it, it, terrible worst game, game of his career nooch will say yeah nooch will say it's a terrible game you and I also recognize the guy has strengths. Even in this game, he made good plays. Yeah, it was such a weird thing in that way because he was yeah. like weirdly, you know, most games when you watch, I don't know, Colt McCoy, right, or Mark yeah. Sanchez, for example. When the wheels come off, they come right, off. Right, it's just like, every, I mean, the Nathan Peterman thing. There's no yeah. – every single play is horrendous. Where this yeah. was really weird. He made plays in the running game. He made a few good decisions. He made a few good decisions in improvised plays. And unfortunately, he dropped back to throw and just threw it to the other team, like, over and over and over again this week. Yeah, it was you know? bizarre. It, it was, like, it was just so weird because it wasn't the other plays he was, like, strangely okay, <laughs> you know? Even good. Yeah, contributing and stuff. And, and, and to his credit, um, you know, after being benched for a series, came back in and led the what at the time was the game-tying drive, uh, scored the game-tying touchdown. Yeah, I mean, that's it, – it's, it's an odd thing. Um, I think it's safe to say that, you know, quarterback will be a very open position next year, no matter who the coach is. Um, this is a kid who transferred and was willing to walk on in order to transfer to JMU. Um, we don't know the first thing about him personally. But I don't know. I just it, – it, look, it sucked. Five interceptions cost them the game this weekend. I mean, there's other things that – also cost them the game, but that, that has to stand out as it's, you just, nobody can overcome five interceptions. We saw that. No, against, you're not going to Right. We saw that with San Diego state last year when we were on the other side of it. And that team wasn't a bad team either. I mean, San Diego state, South Dakota state. Um, you know, it's, that's, I don't know what it to, happens. It happens. That's and I don't know what to say. I, and, and I guess you and I have been painted as apologists, which is weird because mm-hmm. we've gone on the record as saying we wanted Cole to win the job in the preseason mm-hmm. We both said if it was up to us, Cole would have been starting after New Hampshire. Uh, like, we, we try to be objective. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Nooch is in there, to me, that's the coach is saying he's the best we got. Mm-hmm. So you pull for him. Yep. Um, I think this was a bad game. We're not going to defend this game or try to say, oh, this, this interception shouldn't count. Or that. No, they, five interceptions, five interceptions. Right. He threw them, they count. Yep. Um, end of the half, you know, they count. It doesn't matter. Right. You throw, not fluky. But to me, that doesn't invalidate his entire body of work Mm -hmm. 
And it doesn't even trump his entire body of work. Yes, it was a bad game, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to sit back and go, oh my gosh, he's terrible. This proves that he's got no value whatsoever. He still made plays. He still could get better. He might, I'm not even saying he deserves the job going in next year. No. But he had the job this year because the coaches determined he was the best guy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I I feel like unless you and I string him up, no one's going to be happy. Satisfied. Right. And the other thing is that this is, if this sounds pretentious or whatever, have at it. But, it's a lot easier. Like you and I can say things from our personal Twitter accounts that have very few followers mm-hmm. without as much fear of repercussion. Right. We're, we're not like, we're not the ringer here, but we've got a lot of followers, including coaches and lots of players. And that's not a bad thing, but it gives, it makes you realize like, okay, it, you don't need to light a guy up just because we're frustrated mm-hmm. in the middle and it's not going to change anything. Mm-hmm. Nope. You know, like that, that's the part I don't get. It's like people, there were people coming at us on Saturday who it's like, like somehow if we were just to be like, oh, we hate Noosh, then boom, the game would change and Jamie would start winning. Yep. I just, I, I don't understand it. Um, no. It was and, a... and I think my, my thing is, I'm ne- I've never said that he is terrific. If, if what I've said is interpreted as that, fine. I think he's good enough to make plays. And I think he's also got some clear flaws. But I've always been against the narrative that he was the one thing keeping JMU from a championship. And even after Saturday, I do not believe that. This was a, this was a very good team. Mm-hmm. It would have had to catch some breaks to win Saturday. It would have had to catch some breaks, big breaks, to win next weekend or play absolute A game. Yep. Um, they're not one player away. Nope. So, I don't know. We've said enough on this. Well, but... on that note, Rob, um, you want to take third down? I don't know if you have some other things to uh... – analyze from the game or think about from the frustrations from the game, I guess. My frustration is the same thing that you and I have. The the one thing you and I have kind of disagreed on all year Mm -hmm. is how good is this defense? Mm. And I think, I think we've agreed that when it is good, it is breathtaking to watch, but not to the degree that we saw from the QB play on Saturday, but it has been inconsistent. And I think we saw that inconsistency in a game that was rapidly getting away from them in many reasons. The defense gave up two really long back-to-back touchdown drives, 75 yards and 90 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, then, but kind of like we said with Nuch, but then they turn it on next, and it's like they look like the freaking, you know, Ray yeah. Lewis and the Ravens. Yeah, that, it's hard it's to just, say, right? Because I, I think I the, mean, defense, I, the defense I think did the, hold the team in the game this weekend. Absolutely. Two or three were, or four times when it looked over. It right? looked like it was done. And they gave JMU more and more chances to stay in that game. Uh, Mm -hmm. so it's really hard to, and I also, you know, the defense seems to struggle the most, um, you know, this is kind of my frustration. I guess I'll just add on to this for third down, but they really struggled with those waggle plays where the quarterback rolls out and then Mm -hmm. all, you know, two or three receivers are coming from the middle towards the same side. And to me, that's, you know, I'm, I'm not, we're not here to knock Bob Trott, who's been amazing for JMU. But that's on the coaches a little bit sometimes. Um, I, I, and, I and I think it. our coaching staff this year, Mike Houston, you know, we love him. We said our thanks. But they really struggled this year with clock management, game management at times. And this weekend, <laughs> was, an this weekend was the, you know, the epitome of that. The two fourth down calls. I mean, fourth and one in the first quarter at the Colgate 45. You know, if you believe in your defense that much – what are you doing? Where is the gunslinger mentality? Pin them back. Pin it or, yeah. or go for it. And then, and then the opposite, the fourth, like well, you're, you're about about the punt. The punt. Yeah. yeah. 
the end of the game, you know, it's a tie game and you're running a fake punt on fourth and six or whatever. With timeouts in your pocket. Yeah, I, I don't – you know, it's just so inconsistent. And that has been a theme we have harped on all year. I mean, I have – I'm always a proponent of going for it more on fourth down. I miss pre-08 Mickey, who went for it on every fourth down, um, have defended that, you know, even in the worst scenarios. And, and App then, State. Yeah, App State, right? And even, you know, and I think the 16 team, they cut it loose. And the last two years, it's just been much, much, much more conservative. And the coaches struggled. I mean, they struggled with clock management a number of times this year. You know, well, I guess that that's my thing. Like, I – I don't, yeah. I don't want to be interpreted saying that I think the D is bad. I do not. I think no. at its peak, the D is awesome. But much like every other element of this team, save special teams, it was inconsistent. It was. I mean, that, that just, to me, that's just, we had inconsistent coaching. Mm-hmm. We had inconsistent D. Now, that does not mean the highs were not really, really high. Right. I mean, for stretches, and that's what was so frustrating to me. Like, I was fully confident if that game went into overtime, that Colgate was not going to get a touchdown. No, I thought it was one of those games. Yeah. I, I had no idea what was going to happen offensively, but I figured, you know, even if they get conservative and just hand the ball off, right. Cardon was play, Johnson was playing well. And you could tell we had more faith in Tyler Gray than Colgate did in their kicker. Yes, yeah. I thought we had better kickers. So it was like, I was fine. But it was just inconsistent. You know, there's, but then it was like that 26-yard pass when they really, really needed to stop. They didn't. Yeah. That's not – That's by no means is that like an indictment of the defense, but it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, things aren't perfect. And to me – that's the difference between a good team, a really good team that loses in the second round of the playoffs on the road and a team that goes to Frisco. Yep. As you just, you've got a couple breakdowns a game uh, with the coaches, mm-hmm. and you pointed a couple mistakes, and there were more. You've got silly things where, like, end of the half, you know, a senior catches the ball five yards from the sideline and turns up field rather than yep. trying to get out, out of bounds. You yep. know, it's just these are not huge indictments of anybody. It's not like, oh, that guy's bad or the defense. It's the difference between a championship contender and a playoff team. And speaking of coaching, you know, where was Riley this weekend? Well, I mean, he apparently was barely on the field. At least in the way, yeah. And and then I thought JMU, and this was my fourth down, I was going to kind of give one big positive going forward, which was I thought the O-line probably played their best game of the year. They were. Um, I thought they were great. Yeah, it doesn't mean they were perfect, but they were playing one of the better defenses they've played all year. And they were fantastic. And there were, you know, JMU averaged, what, five yards a carry, five, over five yards a carry uh, in this game. And they were really good. And it seemed like that was working in the first half. And for some reason in the third quarter, we decided, despite the fact our quarterback was <laughs> as loose as possibly can be with the football, to just abandon the running game and throw it all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, th- those are all things I don't know what to – but. One great thing about that O-line performance this weekend was none of those guys are seniors. Seniors. Right. And we had Jahi back the last couple of weeks and certainly gives us some hope going forward. And I guess the last thing would be, I did forget Curtis Oliver, um, another great senior oh, who's been, yeah. yeah, that's a big omission on my part, but yeah, great. You know, what a career for Curtis, a kid who we're a little sad. I mean, it was tough. He had a tough year with injuries this year and a little bit even last year, um, but a huge contributor to the to the trophy in 16 too so yeah I, I don't know rob i don't know how much else to to go into on this game um i i guess we should we should note that uh men's soccer 
lost. Well, just uh, oh, yeah. on the game too, yeah. though. Like, I, I know Colgate people listen to this, so I don't well, that's really what I was going to get snowballs like, bullshit. Yeah. Well, just I, I wasn't impressed with Colgate. No, I wasn't all. at all. I, I wasn't. I mean, it's Mm-mm. it sounds like sour grapes, and well, it is sour grapes, I guess. But uh, even with five freaking interceptions. Mm-hmm. It took a last-second field goal. Like they, they were not that impressive. No, um, and Jamie, really, this game—it's it, so sad to think. I was—I hung out in Greensboro with a bunch of Dukes and watched the game this weekend. And even at the half at ten-six, I think we all thought like we got this. Like Jamie should have been up twenty to six at that point. And Jamie lost that game more than Colgate. Won they that did, game. and I, it yeah, was not—not not the same way. Like the national championship last year, it's like oh, it, it was different because Jamie made mistakes. And then North Dakota State pounced, right. or or they forced mistakes. Right. These were just blockheaded, dumb things happening. And you know, it just yeah, it, it it was bad. I don't know. It was bad. Yeah. It was bad. Uh, I was not at all impressed with really anything about that team. No, no. The mo- you know they put they played tough. I'll give them that, and they hung around. They did. Something said for that. They gave but, themselves the opportunity. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah. but they were given a lot of opportunities. There, there isn't a line high enough that I wouldn't take North Dakota State this weekend against Colgate. So, oh, they're gonna they're gonna win by three scores. Yeah, that's that's At feels least. like it for sure. Um, yeah. And then the last note from the fans in the stands: Thank you to everybody who made the trip. Um, we could hear you on TV. We could see you on TV at times. Uh, we, we did not know that the JMU players were getting hit with snowballs at various points. The Colgate. Uh, game day staff appeared to do nothing about it. Uh, credit to the referee in the men's soccer game at Michigan State who did throw out an entire student section it. of Michigan State yeah. for doing the same thing. Uh, a really tough loss for the soccer program. They were up one nothing, about 35 minutes to go in the game and a loss 2-1 to one up there. But hell of a season for them. And, and a, you know, two really good performances without one of their best players the last couple the last leading score, yeah, leading score in the last two games. So uh, the future appears bright for that program. And big congrats to new coach Zizinski. And that, what was not to, that just added to the misery of a long, cold Saturday <laughs> for a lot of dudes. And what was up with Hunt's tweet after the game? You know, I, Did you see I that? tried to, yeah, at first I got so mad. So Dan Hunt, the Colgate coach, tweeted out something about like, what? A very good win over a healthy JMU team. Right. And, and I think it, it's weird. At first, I like went – I was so pissed in the moment about it. I did think about it, and I thought, you know, if I were their fans who had to hear about how JMU should have been seated or Colgate shouldn't have been seated or what have you, and the reason they shouldn't is because they only played New Hampshire when Trevor Knight was hurt, right, They're, that they played a CAA team that was unhealthy. I, I don't know. I feel like – if that had been Coach Houston tweeting that, it's like when he said they were disrespected last week, maybe we would have felt differently. I, I'm not going to apologize. Hunt seems like an asshat, but. <laughs> it, it, it didn't seem, it wasn't like scandalous to me. It just seemed so like. Petty and not talk, graceful. It seemed like, no. it seemed like talking trash as you're backpedaling away from a fight. That's, that, yeah, it really did. You know, like. I, I, yeah. I don't think that tweet would have gone out had everybody on earth not known that Houston wasn't coming back. Yeah, I think that's probably you know it just it yeah. just seemed like you know if if you want to if you want to say something like that by all means, talk about it before the game, talk tough and back it up. But I just thought it was a little bit, just a little bit lame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. I, I'm not. I don't know. We said like good luck to Colgate. 
trying to be positive in defeat, but uh, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I, I don't really believe that. Hopefully, I'll have my tickets sold to Bison fans before this weekend. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, so we want to look forward from there. We want to talk about a couple things, one or two things we're, we're really looking forward to. Um, the first is obvious, but, you know, Rob, what, what are you, I guess, what are your concerns going forward for the Dukes right now and, and the program? And, uh, or what are you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to what this team brings back. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about the concerns. We can talk about the unknown with coaching mm-hmm. and the new national signing day and Houston's departure and all valid things. And, and I'm not going to tell you that I'm not worried about those because I am, mm-hmm. but I also am very excited about what I, what I see coming back. And, and the point I was trying to make earlier is that this team was close. It was inconsistent. You, you get some consistency with these players, which is what you'd expect with another year of growth. And this could be a championship contender. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I didn't, I, I didn't think that this was a championship front runner. I, I thought at number two, maybe we're a little bit, little bit overranked due to reputation. And that's fine. It's a well-earned reputation. But I was a little worried that, you know, there were just going to be days when things go wrong. I did not think things were going to go the way they did on Saturday. I never envisioned that. But um, I, I'm just very excited. Like, I'm. I, I'm disappointed about Saturday. I was okay with it Saturday afternoon. I was like, yeah, whatever. Better we get started on the search. And then I woke up yesterday and I was just like livid. I just, <laughs> I'm fine. I realized that I didn't think that they necessarily were going to win in North Dakota State, but I didn't think it was impossible. No, I, no. I thought I thought if they played their A game and caught caught North Dakota State and some stakes, they could do it. It was going to be a chance and a huge upset, but it was it was going to be a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of since Saturday and I was like, oh, whatever, better just lose now and all likelihood would have lost last weekend. But it just irks me losing a team like Colgate. Yeah, really. Um, I mean, look, obviously, JMU has developed a uh, – Colgate's an issue for us right now. And yeah. I, I certainly am hopeful that we get another shot at them at some point down the road here. But, I mean, if we – take a look. Okay, so, I, so I, I've made my point. Yes. Too many times that there's inconsistent, but there's also so much to like. I mean, John Daka, oh my gosh, that yeah, guy is just, I mean, becoming like a DJ Bryant or Arthur Motes type force mm-hmm. in terms of getting to the quarterback. Absolutely. Um, you've got Robinson coming back. Um, I thought Wayne Davis really was good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's just there's a lot to like on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm still a little bit confused how the wide receiver position was managed this year. Yeah, I think quarterback uh, I know and wide receiver were both really handled in questionable handled not, ways this year. Yeah, yeah. Quarter, quarterback especially. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, the fact that he just, yeah, that was it was a weird thing with the receivers this year. Um, I think they maybe were surprised by how good Kendall Dean was early, and that was deserved, you know, Um but, yeah, we didn't see a lot of Eldridge. We didn't see a lot of Archie. It was just a weird group. Well, it was weird. It was weird. But the point that I was going to make was, well, it was weird. And I didn't think, like, we ever really got a core group. You didn't know who you were going to get. We did see flashes from guys that makes me think, yeah. again, the future is very bright there. Um, right. Brown, I thought. Yeah. You know, Riley's coming back. I don't know what happened if he was hurt. Yeah, Dean Brown and he Riley was just, are all coming back. All coming Cheatham back. will be hopefully um, healthier next year. Um, Dylan Stapleton, I, I think, has been a little bit overlooked. Yeah, he had one of his better uh, or, or, games this weekend. Yeah, yeah, he's been very, he's been very good for a guy that wasn't even expected to be eligible. This I mean, year. he wasn't even on the team until like right before the season. Yeah, yeah. 
so I mean, it, it was a weird way that the position was handled this mm-hmm. year, not really knowing who the guys were. But man, there's a lot of talent there, and and guys, I think certainly Kendall Dean is further along at this stage than most of us would have hoped. Sure. Um, so I don't know. It's it's good there. Running back, there's a lot of talent. Um, I I was not pleased with the way that was handled, and this was something that you were very attuned to early. And I was like, no, it'll be fine because come down the stretch, they'll just go to a, a clear alpha. Right. I don't know what the heck happened with that. Yeah, it, it was like you know, just too many talented backs. And it's a hard. I, I mean, I, I'm not excusing it, the management of the running back position, but it was a hard thing when you've got two guys that have given their heart and soul like Carden Johnson and Trey Sharp to the program, yeah. right? You're, you're not going to take them entirely out of the lineup. Um, you know, nor should you. Nor should you, right? And then you had Marcus Marshall, who I think we thought might emerge as the alpha and suffered some injuries this year that set him back a little bit when the stretch run was kicking in. And so it was a tough thing to do. Uh, they, the one thing that Dukes have for sure is a clear top two next year right i mean barring something we don't foresee and they're they're, certainly that's a position that they could look at a younger transfer but you know with percy and Jawan hamilton i I think it's the cupboard is not bare at that position it's just not a five-headed monster that they started the year with this year right and and i guess what i'm saying i think that could be it could be better right I, I, i think just having two guys and then maybe a little bit more clear depth chart um, from it's, from what we've seen, I understand the temptation. You've got a, you've got Marshall, Johnson, and Trey. How could you not want to get them all on the field? But then again, you start looking at well, were the red shirts handled correctly? Maybe you know Percy was very good on special teams, but if you're gonna if you're gonna suit him up and play him, like play him, get him in, find find a way to get him involved, line somebody. You could have lined some of these guys up in the slot or mixed it up. I, I don't know. It's hindsight's twenty twenty, yeah. but it's just it's it's hard to imagine that we didn't have a more potent running attack with all of the talent we had at that position. Yeah. I think one funny thing is um, with Percy in particular, depending on the staff they bring in and the style of offense they run next year, I know this is something that would only be said by a JMU fan because most fans around the country haven't seen him. Percy could be one of the, if not the best, I mean, he could end up being, the he best be player, candidate. yeah, he could be a Peyton Award candidate next year. Yeah, depending on the offense and the style that JMU runs, uh, with that entire O line coming back, with Riley and Kendall Dean back on the outside, I, it, yeah, I mean, depending on what they do, we're looking at a guy who could run for fourteen hundred yards next year, and who knows what's going to happen. But that's exciting. And then another thing, just a couple little notes on the you mentioned John Daka. Um, his tweet, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, was one of the more, you know, it brings your spirits back up. He kind of said, like, we're just getting started or not done yet yeah. or something or all everybody's sticking together. And that's the kind of thing that gets you excited. And then tonight, Greg Medea from the Daily News Record tweeted out that three of the, I, I don't know, three of probably the top five recruits on JMU's list had already told him they were committed. You know, obviously, we no, no – we're not faulting the guys who are saying we're going to wait and see what happens. Right. If you were recruited mm-hmm. by one staff and they're not there, but that was really exciting to see. And we saw that after Houston, le- I mean, after Withers left that the players themselves seemed to rally in the way that John Daca was talking about tonight. Um, and that, that's kind of exciting. I hope 
uh, we'll see what happens. So, yeah, the team coming back, I think 20 of the 22 starters on offense and defense this past weekend are back next year. Um, obviously, that doesn't – you know, there were three running backs that were seniors who were contri- big contributors. Huge, huge, huge contributors, yeah. right? And uh, Darius Carter kind of – but really, I mean, you're looking at the running back position and Darius Carter being the only two starters that aren't back next year. And you can say what you want. I mean, that's what Colgate did to us this weekend. They had a, mm-hmm. you know, historic season by their program standards because they had such a veteran team. And JMU certainly – has a lot, a lot to look forward to next year. And, you know, that evening, even somebody like Ethan Racky, who was injured a little bit at the end of the season, but that's even one concern we don't have to worry about. Harry O'Kelly we don't have to worry about, right? So a lot of good things. Amos coming Amos back. Amos coming back, right. Again. I mean, you know, just um, some of the biggest contributors on this team are back everywhere next year. And that's really exciting. And that, and that kind of leads us into – the, the big concern we want to talk about is just this decision on the coach, the future coach. And I think the biggest part or the biggest inflection point for this decision is what is how JMU administration views this hire. They've been through a couple of coaches that I think, I think if you ask, if you ask them honestly, what's the best case scenario for both Withers and Houston, I'm not, I don't think they would have been able to say, that either one that they believed either of those guys would be here for a decade. That doesn't mean they thought they'd leave after two and three years respectively. But I don't I think those were both coaches that were the right hire at the right time. And JMU has a big decision right now because a lot of fans are sick of that and a lot of fans seem upset about the fact that the coaches have moved on so quickly about whether JMU is willing to continue to be sort of a launching pad for coaches and, and bring in people who maybe keep them all the way at the top at this level or whether they're looking at a, a long-term solution. And I don't, I don't know what that, I don't know what the right answer is. And I don't know if it's, it's possible to say that one decision or another says something about the direction of the athletics program overall. Um, you know, I, I, mean, I don't, but I think it's just you can't it's too take, many moving parts to make those decisions. Yeah. You can't control, you can't look at somebody and shake their hand and say, you're going to be here for 10 years. If you, you don't know. No. Um, clearly some people are more ambitious and driven by, by different things. Mm-hmm. Withers never struck me as a guy that was in it for the long haul. He was either, we're going to move up to FBS. Or, I mean, he talked about that so much. Like it was like, he was I don't want to say embarrassed, but he, he didn't seem comfortable in the FCS position. Nope. Houston, you didn't know. Houston, I mean, he interviewed after every year, so let's not kid ourselves. Well, I think He's Houston, got... I, I believe that Houston genuinely cared about the kids in the program. Oh, and I believe you know? it and was a so difficult decision for him. That part, I believe. Whether he, but I don't think we ever knew until now what Houston's personal ambition was. You know, and he's at a, that kind of midpoint in his career where that was a big decision to make. And I don't know. I mean, Rob and I are going to. The timing, the, the timing ain't great. It's never great. But at this, he can't just say, oh, I'll wait another year and get better. No. There aren't necessarily jobs open every year. Right. I don't think that the way he handled everything last week was great. I think looking back, next time he goes through this, and he'll go through it again. Mm-hmm. Let's not kid ourselves. He's not at ECU for the long haul nope. either. 
Um, not if he wins and not if he loses. Not if he wins and not if he loses. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, you know, good luck. But he's got some, some learning to do. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes a simple no comment or I don't want to talk about it yeah. would have gone a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I do. I think you're right. I think he did care about the kids. That's why I'm happy he was decisive. I think the worst thing he could have done was hemmed and hawed and I don't know and let it hang out there. And then even if he decided to come back two weeks from now, that would have damaged the program for sure. more, in my opinion, than him leaving today. Mm-hmm. He was decisive. He cared. Boom. God bless him. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't perfect. It rarely is. My big problem is with the timing of this national signing day. I do not understand the logic at all in having it right now during kind of the coaching hot seat season. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's um, an interesting thing because it's for the ha- it, it is another division between the haves and the have nots. Right, like if you're in the top 20 FBS programs, it's probably a good time for you to have it because you're in this lull before the bowl season. I mean, so if you're one of the really, really top end programs, I guess you could argue, you know, you have time to go recruit and talk to kids this next two, three weeks and still play in your bowl game, which is other than the top four teams, considerably lower pressure. But even the other FBS teams, after you get out of the top 20, if you have any kind of indecision at the coaching position, just like all these FCS teams, it's a disaster. Well, it's a disaster yeah. for the kids. Yeah, and it's a disaster well, for I mean, the kids. Yeah. For, for high school kids. I mean, the NCAA is so fraudulent. If they cared at all, if you wanted to be early, right. the logic of maybe having it early, like before the season, right. would make sense to me. Like in basketball, yeah, you can sign in the fall or you can sign after the season in the spring. Having them after the high school season's completed, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, there are kids now, like, you think fans are upset? Yeah. If you're a recruit yeah. who signed one of these things, you're freaking out right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Scott Satterfield left App State tonight to be the coach at Louisville. So yeah. App State's going to a bowl. They had a really I mean, good season. How... They won their conference. And they're in the same boat that JMU is. You know, I... and, and there's high school kids that have worked their whole lives mm-hmm. and signed with their dream school. They're telling everybody. And now they're like, oh, my gosh, is the new coach going to want me? You know, there's a Brian Shore out there right now. Mm-hmm. Who, who is ready to go, and a new coach is going to come in and go, I'm sorry, son, you're not, you're not coming to my program. That's right. And it worked out for Brian, and goodness only knows it worked out for, for us you. fans. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's, that's a really good way to play out. There's also ways where kids get left without offers. Yep. Um, I don't know. It's just – it's a complete it's mess. It's really frustrating. And, and, you know, for those – not to go too, too far afield here, but, you know, North Dakota State's coach is one of the top candidates for the Kansas State job, it appears. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weber State's coach is a candidate for the Utah State job. Um, So those are two teams that are still playing this weekend. They're top three seeds and absolutely trying to win a championship. And their recruits are going through the same nonsense that JMU's are right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to put a silver lining as as you said, Rob. I mean, I wanted to win. I wanted to go to Fargo again. Um, If you'd asked me before the season, I would have thought quarterfinal, semifinal, would have is what would have made it a, a truly fully successful season for JMU. Yeah. And I think going out in the second round is a round or two too early for what it's disappointing. Yeah. For, or disappointing, but it's not a disaster. It's not a disaster. This was not, this no. was not a failure of a season. No, it wasn't. Um, and it's really hard. I mean, you just, you get to picking nits with Houston's tenure, right? They win the championship. They lose the championship with arguably as good or better roster. And then they, fall back a little bit. I, I don't know what that means, right? But it just 
Um, it means we're spoiled. It means, it we're, means spoiled we're really spoiled. For three years. Right. And, and even yeah. the five years, right? We've had game day twice. We've been in the yeah. playoffs five straight years. We've been seated, what, three of those years. Yeah. Um, you know, just, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, it's a good, good time to be a Duke. It will continue to be a good time to be a Duke. Uh, I hope it's a, I hope it's a yeah. it's a good time to be a coach who wants to be Duke, right? Or Tim, you like I, I, it is a really good job. It's a great job. I, I was laughing thinking about the fact we've made it as a you know we're a fully engaged, insane fan base with fans of all different knowledge levels and all different engagement levels who are screaming and yelling at each other about what we should do and what we shouldn't do going forward. And uh, I, I will say this: it will be a considerably more there will be considerably more pressure on the next coach with this roster and this fan base than there was, say, five years ago when Withers started, when just running a, you know, an offense designed in the 2000s was going to get most people excited. Right? Yeah. You know, um, so. No, I mean, pe- people expect whoever takes this job to go deep in the playoffs. I, yeah, year. I mean, I expect, Jay, at this point, I would say, I expect them to go to Frisco, but that's always probably – I expect them to go to the Final Four next year. Um, I certainly expect them to be a seed next year. And I would be extremely disappointed if anything happens between now and Morgantown on Labor Day to seriously hinder the chances of that happening. Now, what happens in the season happens in the season. But I'm, I'm certainly hopeful that whoever they bring in and whatever staff comes along with them can have us really excited to go – you know, when the season starts next year. And, and I will say this, like, I know the big concern, the turnover from Withers to Houston for a lot of us was, oh my gosh, we can't lose this amazing spread offense. Oh, we can't do it. Well, they went with that and they had a version. And now it's, it kind of came around to something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there's pieces, particularly at the quarterback position that would allow you a coach to go a number of different ways. Yeah, I think so too. You know, and I think that's an advantage. Like, I don't know what Gage has. I don't know what Cole has. We've seen Danucci has some strengths. He's mm-hmm. got some glaring weaknesses as well. But you could have you could attract coaches from different systems, and you can track coaches could take this roster and go a number of like you mentioned with Percy. Yeah, um, a guy like Juwan Hamilton. You've got a number of different receivers. You know, yeah, so I'd be disappointed if they there. switch defensive schemes. Um, all that much. I, I think this four, three has been really successful for JMU with the kind of talent they have. That's not the defensive line, the way the defensive line was coming into play. Yeah. The last three, yeah. four weeks. And I think as we look ahead, I mean, I, you know, Jamie's one blessing in disguise to this is as good as JMU's recruiting class is in, in this moment right now, tonight going forward, it is a small recruiting class. They did not. They don't have a ton of scholarships available next year yeah. because they have so many players coming back, um, which is probably a blessing in disguise from from this at this timing of the turnover. And yeah, I mean, I think quarterback, potentially a younger running back, D line are probably all places you might see either a transfer or a big recruit that follows a coach from another school um, make an impact next year. But I guess what we're trying to say is, to me, and I think to you, is this is just going to take tweaks and nudges. This is just getting rid of those, some of those inconsistencies, some of those mm-hmm. mistakes, which you would expect with another year of experience, particularly this defense. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say if the biggest criticism I can have against a defense that was on the opening day, what, had 10 of 10 new players? Yeah. And Jimmy, 
if we can say, hey, you know what, a, a couple times they, they gave a big play or they didn't play at the absolutely dominating level that we saw them play every single play, that's really picking nits. Yeah. Really. Like, it, I, I'm not down on this defense. I don't think it was championship level. I think it's really damn close. Yeah, I think it was Final uh, Four uh, level with the kind of offense we if we'd had a more consistent offense, right? I mean, that's yeah, it's right there, you know, it's right there. Yeah. Um, but that's when it really that's what really starts separating things. That's when it really is nitpicky. Yeah, I mean, you know, they got, you either have games, you have games where things just go crazy, like South Dakota State with what ten interceptions, uh-huh. or like Jane, you had or ten turnovers, or our five interceptions where things just get crazy, or it's a game like it was in the championship where it comes down to one or two mistakes and that, that decides the title. And I just looking ahead to next year, there's no team in the country. Rondo Carter, Dimitri Holloway, Landon word, Rashad Robinson, those four guys, there's not a team in the country who has a more talented group of John Docker, John Docker. Right. I mean, you're talking about now you're getting over half the defense there. Right. I mean, that's a group of five that there's not going to, I guarantee there's not going to be a team in the country that has that kind of talent coming back with that nope. kind of experience. And you're going to fill in around those guys with a lot of other players that have played an awful lot, including D'Angelo Ramos and Adam Smith and, you know, yeah. Wayne Davis. Davis, right? I mean, yeah. this is going to be, you know, this could be, you know, we love Jimmy. <laughs> the pro scouts liked Rashad more than started, right? Yep. I mean, you know, so – uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm torn right now because I think there is this. I, I do wonder what the commit, the sort of core group of JMU administrators is looking for. Um, I don't want to miss out on the team we have coming back, and and you know I don't want to just look at the long term for this program and and no, not don't bring in get... someone who's ready to win right now. You know, you don't you don't want to get a B coach who you think can stay for eight or ten years. Right. If oh, there's please a, bring if, us a JMU if, if retread who, or a Virginia Tech retread who we'll st- we know is at a point in their career where they'll stay eight or ten years and they'll win seven games a, a year. Particularly. If it comes – I mean, again, I, I don't know how you judge this. Yeah. But if you think you got a guy who could be an A-plus hire, just a talent, but oh, my gosh, this again, but he's only going to be two or three years, maybe we'll go with this guy who's maybe a B, B-plus. Mm-hmm. But he probably will be here seven or eight years. That's the fear that some fans have. Yeah. Um, and that's a tough thing to judge. Now, you don't – at a certain point, this is not sustainable. You can't turn over coaches every two years. Sooner or later, it's, it's not going to work. Um, but you can't hire – you can't hire scared. No. You can't hire being like, oh, no, if we win, they're going to leave. You and I have always said, if coaches are leaving for FBS, that means they're winning. And just like Scott Satterfield leaving App State, I mean, it, yeah. it's not going to change. Just be, Let's just clear this up once and for all. We would love to see JMU – well, at times we would love to see JMU in a different conference. We would yeah. like to see JMU build on the success of the overall athletics program and what it has done for the university in the last five years. Um, not just in football, but the lacrosse championship, the soccer, the women's basketball, all of that seems like it is ready and potentially bigger than the CAA at times. But – this isn't going to change just because JMU goes to a different conference. So the coaching issue is not, is not the, uh, to me, that's not even a factor in the conference discussion. You know, I, I just, I don't, I, I, so many fans are like, well, if we were FBS, we wouldn't have this happen all the time. Well, if we were winning, yeah, we, we would exactly, yeah, we, we would. definitely would. 
you also need to realize that there is some truth to being the big fish in the small pond uh-huh. and it is easy to like the reason why this is such an attractive job to walk into is because relative to its peers jmu has resource advantage mm-hmm. you move up to some of these conferences you no longer have that resource advantage now the whole rising tide lifts all boats and we get more funding and that's great but right now you cannot deny that it is you take this job at jmu you you've got better facilities than every team in the league yep you've got better you know i mean even just like uniforms and training facilities and fans and support than every team you're going to play on your schedule right that's not necessarily the case if, if you move now we could get there and people are going to say that i'm being a naysayer look at them i mean it, it will grow but there will be growing pains yep. you know you do give that up it's also a position like i mean what was houston making five 550, but then like over 700,000. If he get to 700, if they won the championship, yeah, and he's making 1.25 million each year. Yeah, right. Come on. Oh, no, yeah. but, but didn't I read that Signetti's making like 150? Oh, yeah. Well, Harris Simiak is making like, uh, yeah, less than that. Yeah. yeah. Like one, I, so, like, yeah. So, it's, it's not a case of like, oh, poor JMU. Everybody's taking stuff from us. Well, we're going to be in a position where we can hire somebody from pretty much any FCS program, save one or two. And offer them more money. Uh-huh. That's not the case if you move up. Yep. Um, that doesn't mean I don't want to move up, or that you know it won't happen. But um, you got to take a look at some of the positives and some of these advantages. We could be in a position to attract a better coach now, being primed to win a championship, than if we were a G five conference, right? And also ran. And people will say we're crazy, but that's that's how I see it. Do you really think? I mean, money aside, like yeah whatever ODU can offer more money but if you're a, an up and coming coach i don't know it's no it's an I, opportunity to really prove yourself at, at a JMU or and you look at Mike whatever, Houston and say. you just say i got a chance to win a national championship next year and then i got a chance to make a million and a half dollars right i mean you're yeah, yeah so i i don't know yeah well i think that probably takes us through as much as yeah, we, we can got, do we, this week we're going to be back whenever there is a coach we are certainly hoping with National Signing Day coming up on December 19th. Um, we did watch a bit of Jeff Bourne's press conference today. It's nice to know that a couple of coaches does not look like Trot or Kirkpatrick are going to be back given the press conference today. But a couple of the coaches are sticking around. Um, Coach Bielan and Coach Wright are sticking around, and that should help with recruiting um, for the interim period. We're really thankful to them. Hopefully they can fill the role filled by John Bowers during the last coach transition. Uh, Rob, did you have anything for overtime tonight? I do have one, I guess, schadenfreude note, if not. Oh, no. Although I I did really enjoy the fact that JMU mentioned um, beating ECU in the the press release announcing Houston's departure. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was just like, just slip in there like, Oh, you know, we've had a number of successful years under Coach Houston going, whatever, 35-7, and seven, including an FBS win, 34-17 you know. over East Carolina. <laughs> I, just, I thought that was well played. That was. Um, yeah, I just – I heard some things tonight that uh, Liberty is going after Hugh, former Ole Miss coach Hugh Freeze, which I felt like was extremely on brand for Liberty. I'm sorry. I can't resist this one. Um, from 2014 – from 2017 – 
Former Ole Miss co- football coach Hugh Freeze used his university-issued cell phone to call numbers linked to erotic dating services, mm. going back to at least 2014 record show. A preliminary review of Freeze's phone records obtained by ESPN through an open records request revealed he dialed at least 12 numbers that are associated with online advertisements for female escorts over a 33-month period beginning in April 2014. <laughs> um, it, is, it speaks for itself at some point, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Ian McCall, I mean, just... former who oversaw the... I don't even know what to call the Baylor situation. It's not a scandal. A, a player was it's a, it's a tragedy. Right. A player was murdered and there were multiple sexual assault allegations. Yeah. Maybe about to hire. You freeze. I, yeah. I'd like to stay out of that business for JMU. So yes. it just it can always be worse, people. Um, we got a great team coming back. We got a great program. Uh, we're all thrilled to be Dukes. And I, I think that's all there is to say. So um, with that, thanks again to Pale Fire. Rob, uh, big thanks to my Greensboro Dukes this weekend. I, Rob, I felt like you were unlucky this weekend. You had to kind of deal online, watch this yourself a little bit, and, and deal with everybody online. And I was warmly ensconced in the embrace of my fellow North Carolina triad Dukes down here. And big thanks to whoever of them helped out with the tab <laughs> this weekend. There, there was some Sherry and Tom halftime fireball shots for the crew um, oh geez yeah no yeah well it happens sometimes yeah tom told us that there's a i, I did not know there's a pilot crew of um what should we call them uh, worldly jmu alums those that you would not normally associate with the cinnamon beverage who, who one of their tailgate crew gives a speech every game before they go in the stadium and they all take a fireball shot so <laughs> that, that was started that, that was tried to restart this weekend but it was great to see all of you and um hopefully everybody you know we, we've had a great run with coach Yusuf, and i'm looking forward to I, I know that i'm this is kind of personal for me but the west virginia game is the road game i am most looking forward to in the history of jmu football so i will um at least road fbs game and i i hope that Whatever happens between now and then will not lessen my excitement for that in any way. And Rob, we will be back to probably talk coaching in the next week or two. And then we can really focus on basketball. And hopefully your, all of your predictions of an upturn in the men's basketball program will come true. And we'll continue riding a women, uh, winning women's program, right? Yeah, but we actually got a rough game against a really good team from Radford. Which yeah, Radford I never thought it's but they're legit. Yeah. Does they deserve them? Yes. I mean, would they beat Notre Dame, beat Texas? So do we have Radford and George Mason this week? Yeah. Wow, that's rough for and the men's team. Yeah. I mean, p- people are talking about this being a soft schedule. You go ODU, um, Radford, Radford, George Mason. Yeah, that's that's that ain't that ain't easy. Well, one of two would would be a good a good week for them. The women's team won again tonight over Dayton, so good win for the women. And rolling right along. Yep. Yep. Rob, I will talk to you next week. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Go Dukes.